you don't want to be some guy's mother, right? You want a man. A man is someone who can make a decision and and go with it and and don't complain about the consequences. He takes responsibility, right? So that sort of thing shows up all kinds of funny little ways. One of them is when you ask him a question, will he answer the question? And is he willing to set up a time where he'll meet with you? Or is it kind of maybe if sort of? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening and watching the Major Pain Podcast, the only podcast crafted to guide men like you on unraveling your uniqueness to transform the world around you. If you are a lady joining us, feel comfortable to listen as we hope women learn how to build better men through the golden nuggets we will be sharing and learning. Follow this podcast wherever you are listening or watching. Kindly subscribe if you are watching this on YouTube. My esteemed audience, I got a question for you all. Who is a man? Does age make a, a boy or a male child a man? Uh, if you had to say yes, then what happens to the 40-year-old guy who acts like a teenager, who can't problem solve, who lacks emotional intelligence, empathy, and other significant attributes that makes a man manly? I usually say, a man's life is a slow process, but is that true? Today, joining me to explore the topic, becoming a man, is Sean Whitten. He has been married to his lovely wife, Sharon Whitten, for 46 years. He is a father of six. He adopted two kids. Awesome. And guess what? He is the father of my church pastor. That is Toronto City Church. <laughs> so amazing. And um, he has worked in the design and sales field for over 30 years. Welcome, Sean. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Paul. And uh, just a, a little detail that has certainly been helpful to me is we've fostered children for 32, 34 years. We actually have a little two-year-old with us right now. And we've done, wow. kind, of the, we've done kind of the United Nations thing through our home. We probably had... Uh, Somewhere between 30 and 40 kids over those years. No way. Yeah, well, wow. two of our daughters, the two daughters we adopted were our foster daughters. Amazing. So we have four natural kids and two, two kids we adopted. And uh, Ashley's 25 and Cassandra's 18. They came to us wow. through the foster system. See, I'm, yeah. I'm literally going to, uh, your subtitle is going to be Father Abraham. Trust me. Like you are the 21st century Father <laughs> well, Abraham. <laughs> well, the, you know, it's interesting when you start out these things, you don't understand, obviously, 30 years hence, what, what it meant. <laughs> Until mm -hmm. you get 30 years down the road, look back, you really can't understand it. But it was training. It was training the whole time for things that were yet to come. And uh, wow. we just didn't understand it, you know. Wow. I, I strongly believe that there's no other person who can expand on this topic, becoming a man as much as you. So I'm really glad that you accepted the invitation. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Thank you, Mr. Shad. Awesome. So, um, okay. I, I know you're already 
telling us a little bit about yourself, which of course we are really curious to know more about you and also how did you become a man? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, let's talk about the male side of the species. Uh, just because mm. you're male, it doesn't mean you understand what maturity looks like. And uh, I don't know, Paul, I'd say, you know, uh, maturity has signs or consistent uh, ingredients to it. So, uh, for example, I was talking with a young lady. She's about 35, 36. She wants to get married. She's not married. So she's she's in the market. And so she was indicating some interest with someone. And, and so I, I recognize that. I talked to her later. I said, now, look. On this checklist of yours, you've got to make absolutely certain that you're looking for someone that can make a decision and and, and go with it. It might not necessarily mm -hmm. be the best decision, but he's willing to make a commitment to a decision and, and go with it. And uh, this individual that she was uh, you know, showing some inclination towards um, mm -hmm. was having some problems in that area. And he wasn't 20. <laughs> you know, he was Ooh. well past 30. And if, if you if you haven't got that basic in place yet, then that's got to be on a on a young lady's checklist. You don't want to be some guy's mother, right? You want a man, man is someone who can make a decision, and and go with it, and and don't complain about the consequences. He takes responsibility, right? So that sort of thing shows up all kinds of funny little ways. One of them is. When you ask him a question, will he answer the question? And is he willing to set up a time where he'll meet with you? Or is it kind of mm. maybe if sort of? Mm. When, we started, when we started the church that our eldest son is now the lead, he and his bride are the lead pastor on. It was out of our home, basically. And that was like 20 years ago. And wow. we started doing birthday parties for everyone because we wanted everyone to understand how important they were because a lot of them were from single family homes and a lot of them didn't know that part about themselves. So we started celebrating them in birthdays, which was a new and novel concept for quite a few of them. And mm -hmm. one thing I noticed right away was, and you know, it was like a culture shock to me because uh, here I was uh, 46, 47, and I was working with a whole bunch of young people that were 16 to 20. And, and most of them were uh, black or brown. And we came from totally different cultures. Like, I, I was just in culture shock for two years. I just kept moving wow. along. One of the things that shocked me was that these guys, not the girls, but these guys would come to the party and they wouldn't bring a gift to celebrate the person whose party it was. Oh, they, they, they came and ate and then they left. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So so we had this little we had this little father with group conversation about how it's gonna go going forward. And it basically went like this. If you're coming to a party, you're coming there to celebrate the person whose party it's for and bring something to recognize them and honor them. And exactly. If you're gonna eat, at least say thanks before you leave. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So those are just basics. In my world, mm. in other people's worlds, they were completely unknown ingredients. They weren't even basic. Mm. Uh, all part and parcel wow. of growing up, taking responsibility for yourself, right? 
They just mm-hmm. didn't know it. They literally didn't. It wasn't on their radar. So those are the kind of things that some people say, well, yeah. And other people go, huh, I never thought of that. Um, everyone has a different cultural background that they come from. Yeah? Like we started kidding exactly. around about island. We came, we started kidding around about island time, which referred to the Caribbean because a lot of the uh, my Caribbean friends didn't have a sense of time. <laughs> and they literally, you, you, you call for a what to get a whatever at three and they'd start rolling in at four with no recognition, apology or anything about being an hour behind when they said they'd be there. <laughs> now, for me, that yeah. was completely weird. I, I mean, my word was important to me. And when someone says they give me their word, and then they show up an hour later with no apology, no nothing. I'm scratching my head. Going, What's going on? Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the African time. Honestly, it took me a while to really adjust in terms of uh, peeling off that African time kind of. Uh, you know, I still so struggle you, with it when, today. When you came to Canada, it was what four years ago when you immigrated. Yeah, exactly. So, did you bring that with you, or had you figured that out before you got here? Honestly, I feel like that's part of my DNA. So it took me a while. <laughs> Which part? You mean the time part? Yeah, the time part. Honestly, yeah, it's, well, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's just um, it's. It, so my wife is Filipino. She told me that even Filipinos too, they still struggle with that as well. I just feel like it's uh, maybe a non-Western kind of thing. For I don't know, but speaking as an African, I can say I'm very guilty of showing up. 30 minutes late, one hour late. But then as oh. time went on, I had to learn. I had to learn. The reason why uh, like they are used to doing that is because now let me let me tell you a little, just a short history of why we usually show up late. So yeah. there's this thing about events being set up for 10 in, Af- in Nigeria precisely. That's where yeah. I was born and brought up. And then what happens is at 10 o'clock, the event hasn't started. So people are still coming in and they are either still setting up the stage and also it's kind of like the logistics and everything all happens late time and then the event starts at 12. So people people are like, okay, so I just wasted two hours coming in early. So next time, if you had to host an event, I would rather show up at 12 instead of 10. You understand? Because I know that you've not put things in place. You have to do a mic check, mic check for two hours. So those are the kind of things that made people start saying, hmm, <laughs> you know. Well, does, does that yeah. work? Is it the same in the workplace in Nigeria? Uh well, depending on the workplace, some workplace they can they, they are very they are strict with time depending on how professional they are. Why some they are just you know, hmm. but but still, I, I feel like punctuality is something that we all definitely have learned how to respect, especially respecting people's time. So yeah, I just feel like, and I'm not speaking for all Nigerians. Because the Nigerians listen to this, they'll be like, hmm, I show up early. <laughs> I'm not speaking for all Nigerians, but I'm just saying that <laughs> it, it is just oh, kind no. of like a common thing. But uh, coming here yeah. and see, and seeing the difference, especially when they say, okay, we're starting at 10 and 10 hard they start. Trust me, next time it's more like, okay, I know they are starting by 10, so I have to show up earlier. You understand, right? Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Well, you know, when, when Jesus was asked by his disciples to teach us how to pray, you know, they had yeah. seen they had seen amazing things come from his mouth and his hands. 
they had watched all these miracles and they noticed that he seemed to spend a lot of time apart and he told them he was praying. So the, I think they started to connect some dots and said, man, this has something to do with praying. We, we got to learn what he knows about praying. So they came to him and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Yeah. So he said, well, this is how you pray. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth mm -hmm. as it is in heaven. In other words, there's this whole culture on the other side. Yeah. And it's a God culture. It's mm -hmm. and it's I would suggest it's uh, it's uh, spotless. I mean, it doesn't have any kind mm -hmm. of smudge marks on it. Uh, it's a yeah. pure culture, and it's a God mm -hmm. culture. And Jesus said, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on this side as it is on the other side." Well, yeah. When so that's uh, that's what, how he suggested that they pray, and uh, the scripture also says, "Let your yes be yes." And you're no, you yes. know. In other words, mm -hmm. your verbal commitments are important. Yes. They're a sign of character. They're a sign of all kinds of things. So when someone says they'll be there at four and they don't show up at five with no reason, they mm -hmm. just lie. <laughs> That's a problem from a kingdom culture point of view because it's it, very true. It, it creates all kinds of problems, inter, yeah. uh, interpersonal problems, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and every discipline affects every other discipline. So that tends to undermine other disciplines as well. If it's okay to let it slip there, then other things start slipping. Anyway, that was the, that was Very the cultural true. piece uh, yeah. as a younger man I brought to church without limits. And mm -hmm. Brent was the pastor and he was the same age as everyone else, maybe a wee bit older. So I was the dad and a lot of them mm -hmm. have, didn't have dads. And I was kind of the authority figure and to boot, I was this white guy. So mm. it was an inter interesting dynamic when I started to bring just correction to some of the things that were going on. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's a fantastic experience. I really like that, um, you know, you were able to mentor these kids and like coach them. You, you, you were able to, you know, like pour into them uh, sensible practice that it's global. It's not just about, uh, like you made mention about people coming from different culture. And when you, it's so true that when we look at things from the kingdom lens, that's from the God lens, it's like, hmm, yeah, culturally speaking, this thing might be correct, but godly speaking, nope, it's not. And <laughs> and, and, and what you said is it's 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 really good to, to really see things from the God lens. And I feel like that is what really clearly just defines things because some people say, oh, society says this is okay, but from the God lens, hmm, is it really okay? And right. what you are also saying is that commitment, which is something that even God has encouraged us to be committed to be committed in our character, to be committed in our practice, in our devotion, and also how we serve each other. I really like that. And I know you touched on some experiences that you had um, earlier on while we were talking, but I just want you to, if you can pick like maybe one or two per peculiar, extraordinary experiences that shaped you into the man you are today. Yeah, yeah. Um... Just one thing regarding that whole starting of Church Without Limits, which is now Toronto City Church. It was very intimidating for me because I didn't feel like I had anything to offer because I came from a whole other world and I didn't understand the world I was interacting with. So yeah. I made a deal with God. I, I knew some things about myself. I, I knew I could work. I was a good worker. 
and I knew I was a good dad. So I said, I'll, I'll do the best I can. And uh, you fill out the gaps for me. <laughs> I thought I'd have lots of gaps. Mm -hmm. What I didn't understand, but became obvious in the first few months was that I was extremely well suited for the environment and the kids and the church and where it was. I was, I oh. was well equipped. I just didn't know it until I started, um, until we started. And like you had called me Mr. Sean and I laughed and I said, my name's Sean Paul. Yeah. And you said, well, where I come from, <laughs> and I, I laughed. And, uh, they yeah. start, they called me, call me Mr. Witt. And I said, if you call me that again, I'm going to slap you. And they go, Oh, yeah, well, oh, he's got to slap you. So they started, they had to call me Sean. And, uh, they started calling me pastor and I bit my tongue and, and, and kind of put up with it. And I didn't understand because of some of the experience I'd had, how, uh, Mm -hmm. how my perspective of pastoring or pastors wasn't all that good. And when they called me pastors, it kind of went on the inside because I didn't think mm. I was a pastor. I thought I was someone else. And in the fullness of time, I began to understand and obviously some things that were in my dirt that had to get healed, got healed because of their response mm. to me. It was so interesting how that worked. You know, it's, it's not a one way road. You give out, you get it back, multiply. Now yeah. you asked me, asked me about personal experiences. Um, yeah. uh, when I was a little guy, uh, my family life was pretty rough. Uh, my dad had several significant psychological, spiritual issues. So we were a family of three and my mom, and we were one year apart. I was the youngest, my brother one year older, my sister two years older. And my dad wasn't part of that picture. And it was pretty rough. And we were very fortunate that we had my mom's mom who was, uh, was a wonderful grandma. And so she supported us. We moved from Toronto to Vancouver and she supported us for several years. And then mom remarried and my dad who raised me um, came into the picture, but he wasn't my blood father. Well, I don't pretend to understand all the things that went on the, in the mind and the heart and the, uh, you know, the heredity carryover, both spiritual and, and psychological. Uh, but by the time mm -hmm. I was about, uh, 11, I was actively uh, trying to understand a way to kill myself. Now this was pre, this was pre-internet. So it, it's not an easy task for a little person to contemplate how they're going to do it. I, I was well past, I'm just going to do it to get attention. Uh, I'm not wired like that. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I was trying to understand, well, how do you do it? How do you kill yourself? I mean, that's a daunting task for anyone, but for a little kid, it's like a mountain, but I was absolutely determined to get there. And mm -hmm. no one wants to take their life, but they want even less to live the next day in the pain they're in. And they think it's a fix. Yeah. I mean, no one wants mm -hmm. to do it. And so that's the point I was at. And, and I spent a couple of years just solitary and just going deeper and deeper and deeper into a mess. And, uh, there came a night and I was in my bedroom and I was absolutely desperate. And I remember saying, and if I had a tape recorder, I'm sure I'm very close to exactly the words that little 11 year old said. I said, God, if you're real, um, and if you give me friends and you make me skinny, because I was really, really obese, I'll do anything you want. And I don't know the transaction that take pl took place in the spirit realm at that moment, 
but I understand it now much better. Uh, he filled the room. He wow. touched me. I I went to pieces. I just broke down in tears uh, for a, a couple of hours. I fell asleep. The next day I woke up. I was totally, completely different. A thousand pounds was off my back. I went to the library. Wow. I got two books on dieting. I read them. I went to my mom and I said, "Mom, can you help me?" I'm going to have porridge without brown sugar or syrup for breakfast. I'm going to have cottage cheese, lettuce, and peaches for lunch because I like peaches. And I'm going to have dinner, but I'm not going to have any snacks, and I'm not going to have any desserts. And can you help me? She said, "Of course." So that's what I did for about four months. Every every day wow. for four months, and at the end of four months, I was wow. down at least forty pounds. And uh, somewhere in that first three or four months, I acquired a friend. I hadn't had any friends for years. And uh, so my whole life changed. Like you wouldn't have recognized me two months in. You, wow! People were shocked because obviously I, I was a lot slimmer, but I, mm -hmm. I had changed. And the reason it progressed so well was because somehow I figured out early on if I just followed the promptings, everything mm -hmm. seemed to work. So much more so than not, I followed the promptings. In other words, yeah. I did what I was told. I didn't mm -hmm. make excuses. I didn't have a lifestyle that included a bunch of sin. I mm -hmm. literally did what I was prompted to do until I figured I didn't need to do it anymore. Most of the yeah. time, I, I wasn't batting a thousand, but the results were there. And uh, that was the beginning. And I didn't know, I, I mean, I talked, what, what I understand now is I was born again. What I understand now was that yeah. the teacher and the guide, the comforter came into me. And he yeah. consulted with me and gave me clear direction. And so I yeah. talk with him out loud. I talk with the promptings. I, it wasn't mm -hmm. a voice I heard, but I knew what the promptings were saying. And I talk yeah. to the promptings. That was as much as I understood until one day yeah. someone caught me talking to myself. And yeah. I was afraid that I had to kind of be a little more considerate when I was talking out loud. So what happened was over the years, I went through high school. I was good at athletics. I was good at school. I had lots of friends. For the most part, I navigated those years pretty well. I didn't get involved in sex. I didn't get involved in drugs and anything else. A lot of my friends did. A lot of them prompted me to try to get high in marijuana and get involved in drinking and so on and so on. And I just didn't do it. The reason I didn't do it was because a lot of the stuff they wanted me to do was wrong, and I knew it. And I wasn't prepared to compromise what I knew to do something that was wrong because they wanted yeah. me to do it. You know, I just wasn't exactly. going to do it. And, uh that was kind of the beginning. So I didn't have the Bible. I didn't read the Bible. I didn't go to church. I didn't have a pastor. But I was learning how to, what's the term, walk by the Spirit. Sounds very highfalutin and spiritual. It was just day to day. I, I was learning a lot about that so that when I did go to church, when I was 23 or 24, we made a commitment to start going to church. And I started reading the Bible and I started being taught. It blew me away. Because mm -hmm. I read in the Bible, which seemed completely weird to me, experiences that I had been having for 10 yeah. years, 12, wow. well, half my life, half my life. So a lot of those things weren't strange to me. I understood them because I had some experience. And uh, I found it so weird. People would, yeah, I thought, well, I'm in church now and these people all know a lot more than I do. So I'm just sitting around listening and asking questions and so on. And uh, I came to understand that the voice, the prompting was Holy Spirit. 
So he was a person. Uh, and I knew he yeah. was a person. I just didn't have a name for him. And so I found it so odd that people would call him the, like the chair, the dog, yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. I, I, I mean, I don't walk up to you and go, hi, the Paul, how are you doing today? <laughs> and it just, it was so odd to me because, because I knew him. Mm. And why would I call him not? <laughs> Versus right. whatever. His name, as far as I know, as I was learning, was Holy Spirit. So I'd call him Holy Spirit. I wouldn't call him the. It wasn't his title. Well, some people think of it as title, I suppose, but I knew him. So that was the best name I had for him. So I'd call him Holy Spirit. And wow. so when I started going to church, it was amazing because I started understanding all these things. The dots wow. started connecting and so on in, in wow. ways that they hadn't before. But it, it was interesting because I had this whole foundation in place that I didn't even know was a foundation. I see. Wow. This is a wonderful, wonderful share and experience. And when you were talking, it's making me completely embrace the idea that the pathway to becoming a man sometimes is not, it, it can be a low, lonely route. It's, it's, a, it's a path that more like um, one would have to uh, because you made mention about peer pressure here and there, and you didn't sync with them. Like your vision, like the path that you want to follow, didn't really like um, um, align with some of the things that you know maybe they were saying or maybe they were like you know pressuring you to do. But you know you had to like remove yourself from that place and just position yourself on this path, whereby you work with the spirit. And also when you were talking, you were make, you made mention about prayer, discipline, commitment. Like these are just some of the key highlights of things that I can say that, yes, like uh, those core practices so far, when I hear from other successful men, it's same kind of, um, you know, same kind of practice. Yeah, exactly. Same type of pattern. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that prayer, discipline, commitment, walk with the spirit, removing oneself from certain kind of circles. That's really great. And I want to ask you, because now when we look at young men out there, I mean, just men talking about work with the spirit or working by the spirit is like, how what are these guys talking about? Like, this is something I'm not really used to. I'm not used to hearing this thing, or it's not, it's more like it's, it's not a fancy thing according to some people. But now I, I want to ask like, what, where would you say young men are failing in their pursuit of becoming a man in 2022? Well, I have, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with the 10 to 20 bracket, but I have a lot of experience with the 20 and beyond bracket at this stage. Yeah, awesome. The, the challenge for, for all of us guys is to have a pattern or to, uh, to see someone that we can follow that's doing it right, a mentor of sorts. And it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that you know intimately, but you have to be able to see what looks right, what is right. And then you can emulate it. If you don't have that picture, if you don't have that experience, then you're on your own devices 
and it's a lot of hit and miss. Now that's one way we will learn some things, but you don't have to spend your whole life doing it that way. I remember we had a collection, you know, we had what were called uh, cell groups back then, now connection groups, and our home was was one of the places where we did it. And someone who became a friend was there for the first or second time, and again, part of my cultural learning, I said mm-hmm. something like, uh, uh, well, a question was posted. I said, well, I wanted to honor my bride. Now, my bride was 20 years into marriage with me. And I said, I wanted to honor her. And this young fellow that had been at the first or second connection came from a single home. He'd never mm-hmm. seen a man honor a woman. And the concept was completely foreign to him. And when he heard oh, me I say see. that, it rocked him to his core. And he said to me later, like a month or two later, we were talking, he said, you know that time when you said that? And I said, yeah. He said, that just rocked my entire world that you would honor your wife. Like that was a whole new concept to him. Now, when you hang around people that have God concepts as part of their lifestyle, you literally just pick things up as you watch. And as you yeah. listen and as you engage with them, that's the value of associating with people that are further down the road, hopefully the God road that you want to be on. Yeah. I mean, think of all these yeah. young guys that follow these modern day prophets, you know, the like like these guys that are that are hell bent for prison or early death. And they're probably mm-hmm. glazed over in their eyes while they're doing it. And they get paid millions of dollars to do weird things. And everyone, not everyone, but a whole bunch of people clap for them. If that's the yeah. role model, you've got a rough road, man. Because Honestly. it's 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 going to be a nightmare. And, it's, and, and you're walking right into it. You want to hang with people that have their act together, that have some fruit in their life, some things in life that you desire. And you get close to them and, and, and ask them how they did it and help them or ask them to show you how they did it. And you see exactly. that, that those relationships are, are so huge. When, when we started going to church in Calgary, <laughs> it was a big church. We had, we were in BC, Vancouver, Burnaby, and then we moved to Calgary and I'd been a, I'd been going to church. I was a Christian since I was 12. I was born again since I was 12, but you know, the, the church thing was brand new to me. And it was like two years in and we were going to this church in Calgary and, uh, yeah, it was so much fun. And it was a big church, so it had all these Christian uh, ministries move through, all the big guys, you know, the TV shows, mm. the radio shows, the books, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so I'd see things from the stage, and I was completely enamored. I thought, whoa, how do they do that? Like people hitting the deck and demonic th- mm. things getting free of, and all this stuff was going on right in front of my eyes, and I thought, I got to find out more about this. So mm-hmm. I got on the ushering team. It had nothing to do with helping people. It had to be being on stage so I could get as close as I could to where the action was. And I thought maybe I could figure it out. So I can remember awesome. one time I'm there, Paul, I'm supposed to be catching bodies as they're dropping. And instead, of <laughs> I'm listening and watching so closely to the guy and thinking, what's he doing? Maybe I can do what he's doing to get what he's getting. <laughs> I didn't understand while there's bodies are dropping on me and I'm not doing my job. <laughs> But I was, I wanted to get as close as possible to what Holy Spirit was doing to try to understand. I wasn't a very good usher at catching bodies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> that that's such a significant role to play, you know. <laughs> and you just well, put out your resume. Yeah. 
body catcher. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so associations is huge for a young man to become a mature man. Associations is huge. Wow. I like that. I like that association. Very, very important. And I, I strongly agree with you. Strongly agree with you because it's also in line with some of the topics I had spoken about on this podcast, just talking about, especially like there was a topic I covered about why men are depressed. And I was saying that they lack that serve, that serving attitude and they, they want to be served, but they don't want to serve. And there's just this lack of, you know, men wanting to serve under the authority of someone for a while. And if you look at some Asian practices, like those are things that happen a long time. A young man is being mentored or coached, is is serving someone who is wise or someone who is like uh, a senior or something. Or say, just like yourself, you made mention about adopting a lot of children, which is so important. Because, and the other thing, like if we had to, take it further some people feel like you need to adopt somebody before you even like maybe perform some fatherly role to them and i argue that no you don't have to be someone's either legal father or biological father before you maybe play quote unquote some fatherly or will i say um mentorial kind of capacity to them because sure. the truth is uh i like i lost my dad when i was 7 so yep. I have about, if not 50 or more men who are in my life that I call daddy. I'm telling you, like, I just, I call them daddy because of the role they played in my life and the role they are still playing in my life and the respect I give to them. And I, I get to learn and watch uh, the things they do. And it's it's really awesome. It's just awesome for young men to to have, what you're saying, to have this attitude of, looking watching watching the right things like for somebody listening to this podcast uh yeah just look around your circle look deep within your circle or if you are scrolling through online which many men are fond of doing these days i want you to just pay attention to certain kind of men they don't have to be wealthy. They don't have to be rich before you say you want to listen to them or follow them, but just pay attention to their values, pay attention to their discipline and some of the core practices and just ask yourself, would this take me far in life? And um, I feel like that question would really help you, you know, guide a lot of the things that you take in from, um, you know, just watching that person. Uh, that's that's really good point. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Do you know, I was this close to calling you Mr. Shad. <laughs> my coach, my oh. coach Rathen is kicking it. <laughs> well, I, I can't slap it if you're on the other side. Of it. But I, I can see you on that. Sunday, I, I can slap you then. Yeah. I'll reserve the slap. But you've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Kate. Okay. Uh, so, Sean, before I let you go, there's just one last question I have for you. Um, So... You, we've shared a lot of fundamental like uh, practices and principles, but I just want to ask again, like what other, uh, say, principles or resources would you advise young men these days to, you know, like engage with in order for them to become a unique man like yourself? Uh, I think we're all called to be unique. Your fingerprint does not match my fingerprint. And there's 6 billion 
999,995,000 other human beings on the planet, they'll all have a unique fingerprint. And that's God's creation. That's the way it is. So we all have a uniqueness that we can grow in. Um, mm. The best person in the world to hang around with is Holy Spirit. Bar none. Wow. Wow. Bar none. He saved wow. my neck so many years and I was going through my teens and I didn't have a Bible, a pastor. I had, I didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of understanding regarding God's ways. Uh, but Holy Spirit was, was his job description, according mm-hmm. to the scriptures, teacher, guide, comforter. Well, yeah. how much better do you get than that? And someone says, wow. well, how's that work? Well, you, you figure it out. You work it out. There's no formula. You work it out. If you want it, mm-hmm. it's there to be had. So, I mean, for mm-hmm. example, um, I started quite recently uh, taking a day off and uh, disappearing. And, uh, you know, God and I do some business together. And I take my Bible mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and I go on walks and I just ponder things. And I ask him lots of questions. Wow. And, and uh, I, I take notes. And uh, if someone is serious about getting to know God, anyone can do that. And if it doesn't work for a day, do it for half a day. If it doesn't work for half a day, take three hours in the morning. Go to bed earlier, mm-hmm. get up earlier. I go to bed early, I get up early. I do some very specific things on purpose so I can get, mm-hmm. I can do what I what I choose to do. There's always a way wow. to get down to down that down the road together. And so, in regard to your question, mm-hmm. the most valuable mentor is is Holy Spirit. Jesus literally said, "I'm going wow. now." I have because there's things you can't get until Holy Spirit shows up. Jesus himself yeah. said, I mean, the Son of God in the flesh. Uh, God in the flesh said, I have to go. You can't get some things unless I leave. I'm sending you a teacher and a comforter and a guy. Exactly. He'll show you things. I can't. Uh, that, when I read that, that blew me away. I thought, man, I want to get to know Holy Spirit if that's Jesus' opinion of him. Right? That's amazing. Hallelujah. Yeah. And he's inside. Amen. Paul is inside us. He's literally inside us. I yeah. Was getting, uh, you know, spend some time searching things out and pondering things. I, I spent a lot of time searching things out and pondering things. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I strongly, yeah, I mean, Sean, I feel like I'm seeing like an older version of myself for real, trust me. And what I'm saying so is because uh, a lot of the things you're saying are things that um, I've also witnessed myself, especially some of these things, especially in my, in my teenage years. So like I said, I lost my dad. So I kind of navigated the world or kind of just I would use the word alone. Like I was just well, yeah. Yeah. this kind of loner. Yeah. And to me, I, I, I consider that a blessing too, because in those alone moments was me asking a lot of questions. And I'm glad I was born into a Christian home. But another thing that happened was that just because I was born into a Christian home didn't mean automatically I'm a Christian. I had to search the word myself. And that that uh, search, that making those steps on purpose, like purposely reading the Bible, purposely going to church, purposely serving, purposely committing, you know, to one department or the other and practicing those things. Right on. Right on. Really, it's changed my worldview. It's completely changed my worldview, my attitude, my approach to life. And now that, say, I am at this point, even as a man, even for this podcast, like I pray all the guests that come into this podcast i pray that man lord please connect me to the right guest in order for 
my audience to hear the right word that you need them to hear. You understand, yeah. right? And and yeah. I see those things happen. It just happens as you know we pray, we commit it into God's hand, and I strongly also pray for my audience that whoever is listening to this podcast, if you are a man, that you learn the the principles, you learn the attitude, you you get to to hear the right information, you get to be with the right connection, the right people. And yeah, I can see you. You're welcome to worship with us at Toronto City Church. We are just right at, uh, um, is it Curity Avenue? Curity. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. At um, it, it's a wonderful place to be. Really, really remarkable um, uh, pastor, remarkable people, remarkable congregation, and we have connection groups and all that. And I, I, I just want everyone to know that, especially men listening to this and that, that that was the purpose why this podcast was created in the first place because a lot of men don't have that support they are isolated and ignored and just left to wander around and we've seen the impact in the community it's oh, for not sure. good and yeah. you know the societal norms and the societal dictates for men in north america mm-hmm. is pitiful the expectation it, they're being undermined uh you know they're it's not a good scene for men so if good they're not embracing some of the trash that's out there but then what yeah. I mean, there's a void how do you fill that exactly you, you know the script here's here's a good one for you proverbs 11 it says when swelling and pride comes it doesn't say if it says mm. when we're all tested Ooh. then emptiness and shame come also but but here's the key it says but with the humble and i like the mm-hmm. amplified because it says it defines humble those who are lowly in other words who don't see themselves as uh, mm-hmm. high and mighty who have been pruned or chiseled i love that term or chiseled by wow, trial wow and renounce and renounce self that's yeah, huge yeah you know we're the center of our world it's a pretty small world and, and the scripture says that if we're prepared to allow that chiseling and that pruning and that renouncing of self then we will acquire skillful and godly wisdom and soundness wow and it goes on to say the integrity of those men shall guide them mm. that's that's what we're talking about you know you mentioned that amazing you were you mentioned you were a bit of a loner i as well i was engaged in evolved yeah. a lot of things but i like being by myself it gave me time to work things mm. out and i wasn't lonely but i was alone and you can't go to god Ooh. in a crowd you Boom. can't exact that's the word that's the word that's I, I really love that refrain you know you see that word you said so uh 2019 i had a a, a terrible breakup like extremely bad breakup with uh, um my ex who i was seeing back then um she she, she was in another country so yeah. what happened was that so i was just a fresh newcomer to canada and trust me Sean, Canada is lonely. I'm not gonna lie. From, uh, from, a good from an immigrant, <laughs> from an immigrant perspective. Oh my God, it is so lonely because I, I went to different churches. I tried like connecting, yeah. and I just for some reason I wasn't really. I made great friends, no doubt, really great friends who I'm still in touch with today. 
But again, that was another working I had to do in my mind, you know, another great exposure, a lot of things I had to unlearn and learn new things, which I'm very glad and grateful. But what happened there was that I started, so after the breakup, you know, when someone, when a guy breaks up, two things comes into his mind is either he should just live a crazy life or which include like, you know, womanizing, drinking and all those crazy things, or he can choose to be alone and walk through that process and come out stronger on the other side. You're talking, you're talking and about the chiseling what happened? and the pruning. The, the chiseling. Exactly. Exactly. The yeah. exactly. And, and, and that was what I chose. And I told myself exactly the statement you said that I'm not lonely. I choose to be alone. The moment I said that, there was this push. There was this weight that went off my shoulder. My eyes lit it up. I was like so, my eyes just became so wide like a saucer. And as I seen all the mighty opportunities that are out there for me to build myself. And God brought in a men, my mentor who came into my life. And she was a woman. And she walked me through some, and she's Christian too. She walked me through some great materials. Yeah. And boom. And that was just where a whole lot of things started happening. And I started growing spiritually and physically and otherwise. And just like, oh, wow, God, I'm so grateful for this moment. Thank you for taking that off my life. Thank you for making me work on the spot with you. And But you made yeah. a choice that drew, that drew you down that path, and you yeah. had no idea of the blessing that was waiting for you. But the, st the start of that path was not an easy cakewalk. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell it's you a quick story about a young fellow I heard about. And this is a true story. He, he uh, came from a, a single family, uh, his mom and him, and he had no siblings. And he moved to a new school, and it was mm -hmm. really hard on him. And he didn't know what to do, and he wanted to make friends, and he wanted to do everything everyone else wanted to do. He wasn't really good at sports, and so yeah. he couldn't kind of hook in that way. And so he got this crazy idea. And what he started doing was he'd stand at the top of the stairs, the main stairs to the school, and when the bell rang for, for the beginning of, of the day, he'd stand mm -hmm. there and he'd, he'd greet everyone as they came in. Wow. And so literally he'd say, hey, hi, uh, have a good day. It's good to see you. And he did that. He'd stand there and he'd do that with hundreds <laughs> hundreds of students. Wow. And for the first while, they thought he was really odd. And he was because no one else was doing it. Definitely. But all of a sudden... What started to happen was there was a cultural shift in the whole school because mm. of this one guy. And it, it went right through the teachers, the administration, all the students. And within a couple of three months, he was the talk of the school and everyone was looking forward to him. And it changed the culture of the school. And he kept doing wow. it for another, I think it was two more years. And he ended up being voted, uh, I don't know what the title is, but the... You know, big uh, man like uh, the school president or something. <laughs> well, well, something like that. The most popular voted man on campus, or whatever. Wow. And he had, awesome. he had, and he had all these friendships, and and his whole life took a turn because he decided to do something that was outside of the box to bless others, to serve others in just a small way. Yeah. But it had a huge impact uh, as it rolled out over time. What an amazing story! Wow. Eh? Any of us can do that. that that's a great my, way. My, my way. Yeah, anyone can do that. Exactly. That's a great way of impacting society, which is also what I keep advocating for through the whole major pain brand that 
man, you need to unravel your uniqueness in order to transform the world around you. So what that guy just did was that he saw a gap and he, he, he doesn't need to have any talent or superpowers or anything to just do that simple act of service. And he has really transformed the, the entire life of the school. Just one man doing that simple act. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know we've covered a lot of things that I believe would make you realize that wherever you are listening, whether you're sitting, whether you listen to this uh, on commute or you're watching on YouTube, anywhere you're listening to this or watching, just know that right where you are, you are positively, actively, either passive or <laughs> passively or actively, you are impacting society one way or the other. Right on. All you just, right yeah. All by you just your, need to do is presence, by your presence. Exactly. Exactly. And how is your presence impacting the environment? Eh? Like this young exactly. fellow, in one sense, was bringing heaven to earth, in that there were a whole bunch of people that went to went to school every day, looking forward to being exactly. greeted, because they were important mm-hmm. enough to be recognized. exactly. And he recognized. Yes. It. And that made a whole bunch of people yes. stay. Everything else in their life was going to pits. That's huge. Exactly. That's huge. Very, very transformational. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Sean. Honestly, this has been a fantastic conversation. Honestly, see, I have uh, plans of having you as a return guest because uh, you just have a whole wealth of wisdom, knowledge, and I really bless God and thank God for your life. I also thank God that I got to have you and I am so blessed. I told my wife the other day, I'm just like, wow, like we have another daddy in our life so thank you so much (laughs) just don't try the mister or the sir or the whatever i'll slap you yeah i hands up yeah 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 i hands i hands up on that (laughs) thank you thank you so much sean uh i really appreciate and uh to all my audience and listeners um please uh, i wish you a fantastic day i wish you an awesome time Please feel free to drop your comment, whatever it is you feel like have impacted you most in this podcast. If there's anything or any area that you feel like we should explore some more, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and uh, yeah, we just pray that everything you do is blessed. And we also pray that the, to the men listening, that you become a better man. To the women listening, we hope that you take these lessons and you help the men around you and uh, yeah around you and beside you and also if it's, if it's your ma- your male child please share and spread this word with them <laughs> yeah, absolutely. awesome all right kip bye guys